The voice of Motown, West Virginia's leader in news, analysis, and rumors, proudly presents the Voice of Motown podcast, featuring your boys, Brandon and Tyler. Take it away, gentlemen. What's going on, guys? This is the Voice of Motown podcast. I'm Tyler Pepe. I'm Brandon Cork, and this is a WVU sports podcast by two suffering WVU fans. All right, guys, the West Virginia Mountaineers take on the TCU Horned Frogs Saturday night at 7.30 in Fort Worth, Texas. The Horned Frogs are a four-and-a-half-point favorite coming into this game, holding a 3-3 three and three record on the season after a disappointing loss to Oklahoma, while the Mountaineers are 2-4 and four after that brutal Baylor Bears game. WVU has a 6-4 and four all-time record against TCU, and Neil Brown has a 2-0 and o record versus TCU. And these are two teams desperate for a season-changing win. TCU has lost three of their last four games after starting 2-0. and WVU has lost three games in a row after starting 2-1. and However, the Mountaineers are coming off of a bye week. So the questions heading into this game are, did Neil Brown and his coaching staff make adjustments? Did they add any new wrinkles to offensive play calling, which has been a little stagnant lately? Are we going to see more of the underclassmen, which it seemed like Neil Brown was talking about that in his press conference, that we might see some new faces out there. What are you looking for on Saturday? Yeah, I'm looking for some more um, yardage on offense. I mean, it seems like TCU's defense is a good way, going up against their defense is a good way to get back on track. Um, Their defense gives up a lot of rushing yards, um, and they allow 240 yards uh, rushing yards per game and six yards per rush, which is crazy. But the the thing that's kind of confusing about TCU when I look at them is that, you know, they've played teams close that aren't really on the same level. Cal is 0-5. They beat them by two, and they lost to Texas by five. Um, And Texas has been kind of up and down themselves, but still it's, you know, kind of hard to get a measure of of what's actually going on with them. Um, So, you know, just kind of starting out to highlight what TCU does well what they do extremely well is run the ball. Um, they're one of the best rushing teams in the country. They have a running back in Zach Evans, who actually didn't play last week against Oklahoma, who has 586 yards on almost eight yards per carry and five touchdowns on about 15 attempts per game. Um, so he's a real game changer. Um, you know, He's a guy who can turn off big runs at the drop of a hat. And, you know, as we saw last week, WVU's defense can be, Beat by the beat by the run whenever the passing game gets going. So it's going to be interesting interesting to see how TCU approaches that, especially since WVU has been traditionally pretty good against the run. Yeah, um, looking at these two teams, they are completely two different football teams. The Horn Frogs can score a lot of points. They are averaging thirty five point six yards a game. That's that's just versus FBS schools. So that's not even including the Duquesne game. And that's good enough for 20th in the nation. So they can light up a scoreboard. However, they also allow a lot of points. And that's why they're 500. They also allow 37.8. Once again, only versus FBS schools. And so that's 115th in the nation out of only 130 schools. So they're almost at the bottom in how many points they're allowing. So that's good news for WVU fans. Because WVU, and this is excluding... The LIU game, once again, only versus FBS schools, they are scoring just 20 points per game. I mean, that that ranks 100th 
out of 130. So um, we we really need to start scoring some points because against a team like TCU, if you start getting into a shootout, you are definitely going to lose that game. Um, if if you had to guess one quarter all season, which quarter do we average the lowest amount of points? What do you think? I'm going to say the fourth quarter. Nailed it. Yeah. Once again, if you get rid of the um, LIU game, we only average about two and a half points in the fourth quarter wow. season, which I mean, that right there explains a lot why our record is the way it is. If If that was just a little bit higher, who knows? We might have our record might be completely flipped. So um, I don't know. We, we definitely need to get some scoring in the fourth quarter and definitely versus a team who can light up the scoreboard. You can't just sit on a lead if we're lucky enough to have a lead going into the fourth or we're going to find ourselves in trouble. So let's talk about TCU's offense a little bit. They have Max Duggan, who's a third year starter. Uh, you don't see to make kids come right into college and start, but he is a third year starter, dual threat quarterback, and he takes care of the football. So lots of credit to him. Uh, he'll, he'll be an important factor on Saturday. Only two turnovers on the year and zero turnovers in the last four games. Even though they're one and three in those games, it's definitely not because of him because um, he can move the ball and he takes care of the ball. His favorite target out there is probably Quentin Johnson who has had injury issues this season. He had a hyperextended knee that forced him to miss the Texas Tech game. However, he looked fantastic last week against the Sooners. He put up 185 yards, three touchdowns. Um, so those two guys will definitely be huge factors on Saturday. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, you, you touched on the turnovers, but um, that kind of reminds me a lot, especially the way his numbers look of, of Bohannon, maybe not necessarily as mobile, as Bohannon mm -hmm. was, but we saw just the threat of running that Bohannon presented with that option game, that wide zone running scheme, how much that opened up our secondary. So going into the game, I, I'm worried that our secondary is going to be left wide open again, unless we put in a game plan that can clamp down on that. Um, Cause TCU is going to be watching that Baylor tape and trying to emulate a lot of what Baylor did. And rightfully so. I mean, the defense was all discombobulated. We weren't getting pressure. Um, the one big difference about TCU, though, is that their offensive line isn't as good as Baylor's. So, you know, they, they have a good offensive tackle um, who, who's very good at pass blocking and Ezzy. Um, But the rest of their offensive line, you know, outside of the, the two guys in the middle aren't, you know, aren't world beaters. Um, they're, they're better than probably anyone WVU has on their offensive line, but still nowhere near as good as uh, what Baylor's line is. Um, the guy to watch in the middle for them is lands he's their uh left guard and he actually has almost an 83 rush run blocking grade by pff so um you know if we can take control of the middle and that's kind of mesador's area um that could be an interesting matchup to watch because that's where the battle's going to start if we can you know eat up those blocks and stop them from getting ahead of steam then that's a good way to start because they want to run the ball um, but our secondary also needs to kind of stay patient and not try to bite up and worry about the run too much too, like we saw in Baylor. Yeah, I'm with you. Looking at the stats and um, some of the games and highlights that I saw from TCU this year, they do remind me a lot of Baylor, which is scary because going into the Baylor game, we kept saying this team's going to run the ball all over us. And it turns out they they used it almost as a threat and then ended up passing all over us which I'm, I'm scared TCU might have saw that blueprint and try to do the same exact thing. 
because they are incredible at running the football. You mentioned it earlier, Zach Evans, who's their um, leading halfback. He might be out. I mean, the latest I've seen, he's still out, but it's still early in the week. Um, but even if he's out, that means they still have uh, Miller in there. They have um, Demuricato, I believe is how you say it. They have Foster, and they all share the workload, and they're all capable of breaking off long runs. Um, this is a team who likes to run it. They they have gone well over 100 yards every game this season. That's something WVU hasn't been able to say, so that is impressive. And they rank 25th in the nation running the ball, averaging 227 yards per game. Um, and they actually rank 10th when you get rid of the Duquesne game. So that actually took their average down that game. Um, so, I mean, it's not like they just beat up on bad schools to get these averages. Even when they're playing quality opponents, they're still running the ball well. Yeah, their offense has been explosive against, like you said, anyone that they've played. I think, you know, their, their lowest scoring game might have been against Oklahoma. Um, or no, actually probably Texas because they scored 25 there. Um, so, I mean, still, that's more than what WVU typically puts up. And as you said earlier, you know, if this ends up being a shootout, I'm not sure how WVU can keep up, um, which I think takes us to the, the defense uh, of TCU. And that might be the one hope that WVU has to get something going. Um, they do that. Their best player on the defense, um, in my opinion, just based on kind of the grades and the stats is Tomlinson. He's their cornerback. He's a, an exceptional pass defender at cornerback. Um, you know, so he's going to take away one of our targets, I think. And I think we just need to avoid him. Um, you know, whether that's Bryce Ford Wheaton, they're, they're going to put him on whoever they think is going to end up getting those, those slant and stop routes that Deggie is so famous for. Um, the, the other player to watch on their defense is Mathis, who is a defensive end, and he actually leads the team in sacks and tackles for losses. So um, being a defensive end against our weakest portion of the offensive line at the tackle position is really interesting because even though TCU does allow a lot of yards on the ground um having your best defensive player being on the edge against our tackle group could completely disrupt that yeah yeah looking at WVU's offense versus TCU's defense um the biggest story of this game will be if WVU is finally able to run the ball against someone because TCU has been horrible at stopping the run all year so if there's ever a game we can get back on track running the ball this is it um, WVU, they only average 94 yards per game running versus FBS schools, and that's 118th out of 130. So we're almost in the bottom in the nation in running the football, which, I mean, you can contribute that to all of our offensive problems right there. Because if you can't establish a run, it's hard to get a passing game going. And that's part of the reason why people just tee off when Daggy's in the game, because the run's not really a threat. So we have to establish the run game. Um you don't want to get into a shootout with TCU. We already talked about that. And one way you can avoid shootouts is controlling the clock, controlling the ball, and not allowing TCU's offense to be on the field a lot. Yeah, absolutely. And I think the one part of our line that actually has been most solid, the middle with Zach Frazier, Gemitter, um, Nestor, and then White whenever he comes in, that's what matches up best against TCU. Their interior defensive linemen and their middle linebackers don't have very good PFF grades. Um, you know, they don't get a lot of penetration there. They have a very low stuff rate on running plays. Um, so, you know, if we can get 
Letty to the second level and we love running inside zone, that's where we're going to make our money. That's where we're going to get the you know time of possession battle. Um, so that's one way to slow down the offense is to have these long drives. We just can't make mistakes and we got to be consistent. We got to sustain. And that's kind of one thing that has always hurt WVU this year is the ability to st- sustain. And it, it really hasn't been, you know, lack of, you know, yardage. I, I feel like it's more been about just bad penalties or taking bad sacks or just an offensive lineman. Like we talked about last episode, getting absolutely blown up and our quarterback loses five or six yards, which isn't his fault, but you got to avoid those disastrous plays when you're moving the ball downfield. If you want to play that time of possession battle, which I feel like Neil Brown likes to do, he likes to have mm-hmm. control of the game like he did against Oklahoma. And it's going to be very important to do against TCU just because of how disheveled our defense looked last week. Um, and TCU being very similar offensively to Baylor. Yeah. And the most exciting thing heading into this game is that we had a week to prepare for TCU and get some of our problems fixed. TCU played a tough night game last week, whereas we got uh, a whole extra week to prepare for them. So um, theoretically that should give you the edge. That should give the coaching staff an edge. And even coach Brown was talking about it in his press conference that coach Brown allowed them to have more one-on-one time with their players and to work on fundamentals, which of course, if you've been watching WVU, that's what we've been lacking all year is just basic mistakes, making bonehead plays that hurt yourself. Um, and we keep talking about it. I don't think we have a team that has so much talent that we can overcome uh, mistakes that hurt ourselves. We, we first and foremost, we have to not hurt ourselves and put ourselves in bad situations. But overall, this is a huge game for both schools. Whoever loses this game, their chances of making a bowl game is almost zilch. It, it plummets, especially when you look at who um, both teams have left on their schedule. Now, a win does not guarantee a bowl berth for either of these teams, but it keeps them in the hunt, keeps their fans excited, keeps the players pumped. Um So just keeping ourselves in the conversation makes me excited for this game. At this point in the season, um, that's all you can really ask for, for two teams that are 500 or below 500 is just for hope. And this, this game is it. You lose this game. There's no way anyone could say mathematically we're getting into a bowl game because we would have to run the table. And let's face it. If we lose against TCU, there's almost zero chance that happens. Yeah, absolutely. And the the one thing that I do like about the matchup is that, you know, kind of like I said at the beginning of the pod is it gives us the opportunity to kind of find our rhythm, figure out what we're good at and, you know, carry something into the next week. Um, You know, the the last few teams we played have been really tough defensively and they want to take away the run. Um, You know, even Texas Tech, whose defense isn't great, their run defense is very good. So, you know, you you have the ability here to kind of figure out what's going to work and to try some different things out against. you know, TCU to figure out what's going to, to, to function and how you're going to run the ball, try running some more balls outside, try some more play action, um, get a rhythm going and get some players in, a, you know, the zone, I guess, so to speak, so that it can carry into the next game. Um, you know, I'm really excited about that just because we haven't had that opportunity yet. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, another thing that's going to be big is if you've looked at TCU's third down conversion rate, it's seventh in the nation. They are converting third downs at 50, 54% um, rate. And that's incredible, especially if you compare it to ours. So I think that'll be a huge factor. If we can't get off the field on third down 
and they're running the ball, controlling clock, having long drives because we're getting them into third downs and then they're converting. That's going to be a huge factor is getting them off the field on third down. The one thing that does match up against them pretty good, though, for our offense is that they also allow a 47% completion percentage against on third down, um, or actually 42% third down um, conversion percentage, which is pretty high. I mean, if you're allowing a team to convert their third downs at a 42% clip, teams are moving the ball against you. So that gives WVU a little bit of leeway. Again, we just need to avoid digging ourselves in holes, and I think we can get somewhere. Um and then also the one thing that's kind of going against us too is that they do get picks. They have six interceptions on the season, um, which, you know, Deggy actually leads the Big 12 in picks. So that could be a matchup that's a little concerning. Um, so I'm really hoping that, you know, we can protect the ball. And I, I want to see us run the ball 30 times. I mean, that's, I think, the best way to beat TCU. And that's the way that, you know, we can win the game is by controlling the clock, running the ball letting Deggy be a game manager, not trying to let him win the game. Um, so that that's kind of my hope on the strategy for the game. I'm with you. Yeah, uh, it's definitely going to be a big factor. You want to get into the good, the bad, and the wish? Or you got anything else? Yeah, um, I wanted to talk about, you know, a couple matchups that I thought were, were interesting. Um, I already talked about the run game, but – the last one I want to talk about too is TCU's red zone offense versus WVU's red zone defense. Um, TCU's red zone offense is actually scoring a hundred percent of the time. They have 17 touchdowns and six field goals on 23 attempts. Wow. Um, going up against WVU's red zone defense, which is only allowing scores on 76% of the time, which is 36 in the nation. Pretty good. So, you know, it's going to be really interesting to see what stands up. And again, it's, you know, WVU, has done pretty good in the red zone, but I feel like a team like TCU can move the ball up and down the field really easily. It's going to put WVU in those red zone situations more often. So we're actually going to get to see if that red zone defense is actually legit, or if maybe it's a, a paper tiger and something that we thought was uh, better than what is what it actually was. Yeah, that's incredible. I missed that stat. They're one hundred percent in the red zone this year. Oh yeah. <laughs> that is scary. And that's, that's impressive. Um, good call on that. So let's get into the good, the bad, the wish one good thing, um, heading into this game, one bad thing. And one thing that we wish slash hope for. So, uh, my good for this week, and I already mentioned it in the podcast that WVU has had two weeks to prepare for this game. And so that is one good thing that I am, it's giving me a lot of hope heading into this, that if our coaches did what they're supposed to do, that they have these kids ready to play. I mean, they know who they were going to play for those two weeks, so they should have a solid game plan in place. I'm hoping, and I'm also hoping that they adjust more in game, which we have not seen a lot from our coaching staff this year. The bad is points per game this season. Um, and I mentioned this already too. Uh, we we got to get our points per game up because once again, TCU is going to get their points. I mean, we might hold them to somewhere in the 20s or early 30s, but um, I, I find it very hard to believe that we'll, we'll hold a team like TCU to 14, 17 points. That's hard to believe. And so um, that would be the bad as our 20 points versus FBS schools per game. We really got to get that up if we want to win some of these games in the second half of the season. My wish, my hope 
I hope WVU has taken care of these basic fundamental mistakes. I hope WVU makes TCU win the game. If we lose, hey, we lose. But let's let TCU beat us. I don't want us making bonehead penalties or decisions with timeouts. Uh, We've seen that for six games, and I'm really hoping those two weeks was enough time to get rid of all that. And if we lose on Saturday, I just hope it's because TCU was the better team. Those are good. So um, on that topic of good, I'm going to start with my good. Um, the, the good I, that I like, and it's, you know, maybe a little bit less of a good and more of kind of a, um, you know, a level set, but TCU isn't that much better than us at really anything. And I think it's a good matchup. It's something that we can, you know, like I said, use to get back right on track. If we win, it cures a lot of the things that we've done poorly. Um, we haven't been able, been able to win on the road. We haven't been able to beat you know Big 12 teams consistently. We haven't been able to score points. And I think if we can score points, which is would happen if we win this game, because I don't think it's going to be a low scoring game, you know, it's going to you know turn the tide on the fans a little bit to maybe give them a little bit of hope. I don't think everyone's going to buy back in. Um, but then it's also going to give the team confidence and you know solve some of those maybe rumblings that are going around that say, you know, players aren't happy with X, Y, and Z. Um, so if we win against a you know a solid team then that's that's huge for our team um the bad um the bad is is that we were kind of promised changes by neil brown last week um and then when the depth chart was released and then the press press conference today it didn't really sound like there was two substantive changes he said schematically he didn't want to make changes the depth chart didn't show, show changes so where are the changes coming from what's what are we going to do differently um you know are we going to add a new wrinkle to our playbook it doesn't sound like it we're doesn't sound like we're gonna get garrett green more you know what's the solution um because we can't just keep doing the same thing over and over again um my wish and this just ties back into the that the good is i I just want to win um you know you get a win you're back on track you still have a chance to get bowl eligible like you said if you lose there's basically a zero percent chance you're gonna get bowl eligible i don't i don't see us winning four games in a row in order for that to happen. Yeah, yeah absolutely. absolutely. And all these, I mean, I've heard fans say, well, who cares if we go to a bad bowl? I don't care what bowl we go to. If we make it to a bowl game, that's a decent season in my book because you get that extra practice. These kids get more time to gel together, to play together. You get more exposure because everyone loves bowl season. And, you know, you, you're just getting eyeballs on your team. That's always going to be a good thing. I will take that any day over staying home during bowl season. Um, but yeah, yeah. You're, you're absolutely right. I mean, I did hear, hear Coach Brown talk about um, some guys are going to see the field that we typically don't see. Maybe they're not going to start, but uh, we'll see. I mean, I mean, yeah, uh, we, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what to say about it. We'll just see because yeah. I don't know. The, the one thing that I, I think it's super important to get a bowl about too is ju- just that extra practice time. It doesn't matter if we win or lose the bowl, having that extra time, especially since our team's so young to develop these guys, get them more reps. And if we are playing more young players now and we're winning, you know, and getting to that bowl game, that's even more important. You know, you, you need to get reps and it's hard to kind of develop and get better when you're practicing against other young guys, you know, mm-hmm. going up against players who have played for four or five years and know the ropes, you know, technically they're sound, they're not going to make mistakes and you go up against them and you perform well, or even if you make mistakes, you're going to learn from that and you're only going to get better. Um, Ending the season early, you know, 
uh, you're just losing an opportunity to get better. I'm with you. Big game for both teams on Saturday. So let's wrap this up. This was the Voice of Motown podcast. I'm Tyler Pepe. I'm Brandon Cork, and thanks everyone for listening. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it.